over time, they pay the lion's share. They meaning not one. They meaning multiple of them. When I buy the property, I'm assuming I'm going to have turnover. It's in the assumptions. I'm assuming all of those things because that's what happens with real estate. Welcome to the Get Real Podcast. Your high-octane boost of full-on reality therapy for personal, business, and investing success with your host, Ron Phillips, because somebody's got to tell it like it is. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Get Real Podcast. Ron Phillips and Heather Marchant. Yeah, yeah. Heather, I'm wearing my vacation shirt today. That's true. I'm wearing my vacation shirt today. I feel like, I mean, Bobby Joe and I, I think are going to book a trip to the Bahamas. Ah. Uh. So you live in a vacation destination already, Ron. So kind of your I do. And so we don't go places as often as we once did. So (laughs) just yesterday, we were like, get out of here and go somewhere. So I think the Bahamas are calling our name head down there. Well, when we were there, I couldn't believe how close it is to you guys. Yeah. For some reason, I thought the Bahamas were farther away. It's like a bump. We're just yeah. right down the, it's not the street. It'd be the ocean, Ron. <laughs> right down the ocean. Right down the ocean. So anyway, I'm all geared up today, ready to roll. Plus it's my happy shirt, Heather. And I don't want us to ever sound <laughs> unhappy. I mean, sometimes we get on here and we rant a little bit, which I hope doesn't come across as the same way that I just saw Dave Ramsey come across in the video. <laughs> shared a video. I had a friend of mine, Tom Collins, who, who sent me this in a text. He's like, oh my gosh, you're going to enjoy this. Anyway, and I did enjoy it. It's kind of funny. I think that's why we started this episode and I had like a full grin because I just watched it. So we used to advertise on Dave's show a long time ago. I don't even know. Do you remember that, Heather? I do. Yeah. I had lunch with him and his wife. He's a nice guy over the last decade. I don't know what's happened. It's more than a decade now. He seems to have turned into kind of an angry old man. Just a horrible thing to say. For sure. Yeah. I was like, wow, those are some pretty bold statements. Yeah. And I mean, he takes one thing. I mean, this video reminded me of like a politician who just takes one thing, twists it around, and then riffs on it Mm -hmm. as if everybody who doesn't agree with him is a moron. Yeah. He called people idiots. Literally like... He called you and I idiots. Sometimes... Yeah, I don't care. I'm happy if somebody wants to call me an idiot. Not everybody has to agree with me. I'm okay with that. Clearly, not everybody agrees with Dave. I don't. That's not true. I agree with a lot of what Dave says. Yeah. And then I have some challenges with the way that he says things to people. He acts like everybody has nine-figure, ten-figure mm-hmm. business where they can just take money out of it and go buy patently absurd. So yeah. anyway, I take issue with some of what he says. I mean, I understand what he's trying to say, Heather. Yeah. Real estate doesn't always go perfect. So we'll link to this in the show notes, but he talks about how tenants paying down your mortgage is an absurd idea. And for novice people who don't understand investing and have had no experience. And then he goes on to say (laughs) that he owns like, you know, $200 million worth of real estate right now. And the majority of the real estate he owns is his own campus Mm -hmm. and good for him. God bless him. I'm happy for him. Yeah. But on other videos, he's talked about that campus and how much it's worth. The majority of his holdings is his own stuff, where his campus, where his thing is at. And it is gigantic. And I would love to say that Dave built that on real estate investments, but he didn't. He bought all of that because he's sold his Financial Peace University and all the stuff that he does that helps a lot of people. So again, God bless him for helping all the people. I'm all for it. I kind of hate it though when he 
goes off on this message that anybody can just do what Dave Ramsey has done, which is just not true. Now, anybody can start a business and that business could turn into humongous business like Dave's. That's true. But if you don't have that, odds are you're probably not going to go and buy a couple hundred million dollars worth of real estate for cash. Yeah, exactly. Most people that call us are saying, I want to retire and I don't know how I'm going to ever do that yep. because I have a standard of living and I make X amount of dollars, usually good income. And I've saved, right? Like I have my retirement account and I have these savings and I've invested in the stock market and stuff. But I think they look and they go, wait a minute, if I live off of X amount of dollars, even if I pay my house off, like I'm going to be working for a really long time. And so those are kind of a different population than Dave Ramsey normally talks to. Yeah. Heather, over the years, we've sent people to Dave Ramsey's program who are deep in debt and need to unbury themselves because I Mm -hmm. agree with Dave. You should eat beans and rice and suck it up for a little while. If you've gotten yourself into that much unsecured debt. Mm-hmm. Well, there should be some pain associated with the fact that you've gotten yourself into that much debt and you should work your way out of it. Yeah. I've done that. So a hundred percent agree with Dave on that. And then he loses me on these riffs that he's got going on right now. This one in particular, because what he's saying is that tenants don't always pay. Nobody said that tenants always pay. If Dave wants to say that suggesting there's not a real return from someone else paying you rent that you use to make your payment is somehow idiotic, Mm -hmm. I'm going to flip the tables and I'm just going to say maybe glass house, you should not throw rocks. Yeah. Yeah. True. Because nobody said they pay all the time. Exactly. But they do pay. Yes. And when they pay, the money goes to pay the mortgage. And when the mortgage gets paid down, Dave, that creates equity. Mm Mm-hmm. And if I have a tenant in my property for two years and they pay on time for two years and I've used their money to pay the mortgage down and then I have some left over for when they move out and I have to pay some of the expenses. And even if I had to pay a little out of my pocket, because like Dave says, things happen mm-hmm. over time, they pay the lion's share. They meaning not one, they meaning multiple of them, because I'm assuming moving when I buy the property, I'm assuming I'm going to have turnover. It's in the assumptions. I'm assuming all of those things because that's what happens with real estate. Yep. And I think at the same time, like you said, there's the flip side of goes right a lot of times. I mean, we hear about the ones that don't go right. I've talked about my properties that don't go, haven't gone as planned. Mm-hmm. But if I really talked on the show about the properties that do go as planned, not as often. I mean, I had property in Oklahoma City. I bought brand new construction. I think it was 2017 or 18. And I sold it in 2021. And the same tenant had been in there the entire time and paid rent every month. And I had zero maintenance. Not one service call or issue. That just means you're a lucky idiot. (laughs) I'm just saying like... According to Dave, you are a lucky idiot. That's what you are. (laughs) Those aren't the stories you sit around and talk about about real estate, right? I don't sit and share that story. It's boring. The stories it's exciting to share and laugh about are, you know, my Violet house that I've talked about on here. Like, it's a disaster. That's like the article that we made fun of the other day, hopefully in a really fun laughing way instead of an angry old man way. 
Heather, you let me know when I turn into an angry old man, I'm going to get off the air or I'll just change the podcast into angry old man, True. real estate or something. We'll just own it. And I'll do that. But that was a disingenuous article. That's why it got made fun of because it was disingenuous. Yeah. And this video that he made is disingenuous. He knows perfectly well yeah. what people are saying when they say that the tenant pays the mortgage. Nobody says you don't have reserves because the tenant's going to move out and they're probably going to do some damage and you're going to have maintenance. Nobody said any of that was untrue. As a matter of fact, we've harped on that on the show. Yeah. And be prepared for it. But the flip side of that is also true. Yeah. They do pay. And when they pay, they're creating equity for you. It's true. So just say the whole truth, Dave. That's all. And if real estate went swimmingly well with how powerful it is and all of the advantages, if it was all like my Oklahoma house, who wouldn't want to own real estate? Like that means there's absolutely no downside. And in a perfect world, Heather, everyone would buy their real estate cash. Yep. Like Dave says, in a perfect world, who wouldn't want to just own everything for cash? Exactly. And the reality of the situation is I'll come on here and I'll tell you I own some things for cash and I have some things that are leveraged. There are benefits to both Mm -hmm. of those things. The thing with Dave is that he has taken such a hard line and dug his heels in so hard over the years. He actually can't bend to talk about the positives of this other side. It's all negative to him. You're right. And that's not true. Just like buying for cash doesn't mean you're a moron because you're not getting as high of a return as you could get. That would be like us saying the stock market is the worst thing ever. We've talked about the downsides of the stock market. And we've also said we don't really understand it, right? Mm -hmm. It's not not our thing. Look, I've taken a couple of those classes Mm -hmm. where you learn how to do and you set up your fake trading account. I probably have better odds just going to Vegas and hitting the slot machine than me actually trying to do that. I can't do it. I can't understand the stupid charts and graphs. I don't get it. Mm -hmm. So I'll just be honest with everybody. I'm a real estate guy. I do understand it. And so I'm going to extol the virtues of real estate every Mm -hmm. day, all day. And at least I'm honest about it. Yeah. So I'm not your financial advisor that's going to tell you that stocks are awesome. And I am going to tell you the truth about how they report them. Just like I would tell you the truth about real estate on the Get Real Show, we tell you the ugly truth sometimes about how this works. Yeah. I just talked to, I was on a podcast, a friend of mine yesterday, and he was telling me about this deal that he did where he is actually signed on the debt, Dave, but he had two other people operating it who didn't know what they were doing. And the property management company and the other two operators have kind of created a real problem down there. And it's 600 units. Oh, my goodness. They put 100 unqualified people in. They didn't even do background checks, Heather. So he's had to stop acquiring, send two of his high-powered people down to Texas to fix this problem over the last many, many months. Because his name is on the debt. So is it all positive when you have a leverage situation? No. But if you'd pay cash, you'd have to do the same freaking thing. Yep. So I just think you ought to just tell it like it is and not how you like it to be, which is what I think Dave did in that video. And it was disingenuous. And Yeah, I agree. 
And frankly, it's beneath him. Yeah. I think we should link to the podcast you were on yesterday too. I think that'll be good. Yeah. As soon as it comes out, we'll tell everybody. Okay. I mean, it was definitely not live. Oh, gotcha. Okay. I'm not sure when it's going to come out, but I'll let everybody know. It was a really good conversation about, well, some of the things that we've had conversation on here about the market, the commercial market. You'll have your glamour shot by Deb then if they're going to do a whole bunch of editing. Yeah. How do you know? They had professional camera people there and everything. It was wow. legit. Oh, wow. None of this Zoom crap, Heather. It was live. We were yeah. we were in Charleston sitting at some restaurant. Oh, wow. Making it happen. That's legit. It is legit, yeah. It's too legit to quit. <laughs> so I had the same thing in my mind. Okay, nobody cares about any of that, really. Let's talk about partnering on deals because we had a question about that. Yeah, we had a question that came in to our invest at rpcinvest.com email. I tell you that because if you have questions that you want us to cover, please reach out. We had a long period of time where that email was not monitored sufficiently. And so I'm in there every day and I have it pulled up on my computer every day now to make sure I don't miss anything. So please reach out if you have questions you'd like us to cover. And if you want to get a hold of us for any reason, please reach out. But the question came in and it was just about how does partnering work on a real estate deal? And what are the things you should be watching for or concerned about? I'll go first round on my response that I usually give. You'll have a lot more in-depth response. You've done a lot more partnering than I have. But I think for myself, I say, well, if you can buy by yourself, buy by yourself is what I usually tell people. That's another person that has to approve decisions. And so it makes you less nimble in owning your own property. Maybe you want to sell. Maybe you have some personal goals and you want to sell and use the equity elsewhere and your partner doesn't want to. So you have another opinion entering into the situation. So if you need to partner, maybe you need a like a partner that has more cash and you bring the experience or something like that. The best way to structure those deals. And I don't really get into that. I say, talk to your accountant or <laughs> type of thing. But you've done more of those deals, Ron, where you've brought your expertise and knowledge and to a partnership. So maybe you can speak to that a little bit. Yeah, I agree with Heather. If you don't need a partner, don't have one. I do deals with partners that I know, like, and trust. And that's pretty much it. I've been burned a few times with partners. So I now have, and I would encourage you to have some non-starters on partners. So I think I said this on the show, but I like in 2021, after the beginnings of another burn from a partnership, just decided I'm not going to do deals with people who need deals anymore. So I'm not saying that's what you should do. Maybe you're the person who needs the deal. I'm just not your huckleberry anymore. I ain't going to do it because I don't need it. And I'm sick of having partners that something goes wrong, can't equally put money into a deal. Yeah. I just don't need the deal bad enough. So I've thought through my partnerships and I also don't do partnerships with people that I don't trust a hundred percent. And that list is pretty short, actually. It's pretty short. So I would just encourage you before you start thinking about all of the technicalities and the attorneys and all of that stuff, the first thing you should do is think about who you want to partner with and who you don't want to partner with. What are the traits and the core values and everything that makes up the perfect partner? And what are the things that you don't want in a partner? And the non-starters, it doesn't matter how good the deal is. If it's a non-starter on the partner, I'm out. I don't care anymore. There was a time when it wasn't like that. And when deals went south, it was nasty. It's not cool. But I've also had some partnerships where we just decided we didn't really want to work together, but I trusted them. And when I exited those partnerships, everything went well. On the technical side, I would tell you that get with an attorney who can help you think through all of the ways that the partnership would end so that you can have in your 
operating agreement how they work when you unwind it. If something's going to blow up, you want it to be clearly spelled out how this thing unwinds. Yeah. No matter what happens. And you will want to have thought through all of that because otherwise, if it's vague, you're going to end up in court. It's a good point. And that's no fun. That's something that has been more apparent to me lately is that vague language. I had an internal discussion about starting a new kind of policy with our sellers. And man, that vague language, when you have some experience, (laughs) it is so much easier to spot of like, well, who's going to be responsible? And what about this situation? And what about this scenario? And making sure you really think through that. Because man, there's a lot. We should talk, Ron, our next, I've already put a note in, maybe our next podcast, we should talk about that building trust in a low trust world conversation we had with our team recently. It's a bit long. So I guess I'm giving a teaser here, but some great powerful ways to build trust and know if you trust someone fully, like that 100%. Things I think that most people don't think that are related to trust. Yes, yes. Because everybody has their way of defining what trust is in their life. And you have to, there's all these different ways that you can break trust with people that you're probably unaware of. Yeah. If it's a big deal to them, then, you know, you're really kind of screwed up. And the last thing I would say about partnerships, just in general, including marriage, any partnership, communication, you have to be able to communicate Mm -hmm. effectively. And the biggest part of communication is listening and asking questions to make sure you understand. A lot of times in partnerships, especially when something is wrong and it's financial, People get emotional and they don't listen and they don't think through things in a logical way. They go emotional. And when both sides go emotional, they stop listening and they start talking. That's it. So almost every single partnership dissolution comes from the lack of communication. That's a good point. Really solid point. Either that or they steal one of the two. I'm like, okay, one last thing. I'm like, we're almost out of time here, but we had a meeting with our team about delegating and being really clear in your communication and your expectations. Yeah. That's been super powerful for me. I've joked about it a little bit with our team. Like, Hey, how is your day going to fall apart? Because I've added this to your plate. Like we joke and we laugh, but like, it is super helpful to communicate that way with people you work with too. And your spouse. Very important. So I guess to just tie all this together with communication, When you're communicating, don't be an angry old man. Listen more than you speak. Mm -hmm. And if you don't understand or you're not sure you understand, ask questions so that you can make sure you understand. And then you can respond. And I guarantee you it will go better. That was for Dave. (laughs) And on that happy note, until next time, guys, get out there and make something happen. This has been the Get Real Podcast. To subscribe and for more information, including a list of all episodes, go to GetRealEstateSuccess.com.